Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Whatever you are, what are you doing? Shoot for the sun and whatever you do. Because even if you miss, you land among the stars and that is a great place to be. Welcome everybody to the Jeff Mara podcast. If you are listening to this podcast in your car or on your iPod, this will also be on YouTube on the Jeff Mara podcast channel. So if you want to see the video of that, you can check it out there as well. Today's guest is Mike Krishik. Mike had a personal tragedy and came back from the edge of death for many important purposes. He is now the author of the book, The Big One. Hello, Mike, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for giving me some time today to share with us your story. Yes, yes. It's quite an interesting story. I wanted to be in the cool crowd at school. Sure. Only part of the, part of the in crowd and get the girls. Who but doesn't? I was, see, I'm 6'4". Uh, I was six, about six feet then. And uh, I was like, off around, off around girls, like, the, the, the tongue would swell up and, hello, how are you? I can't, blah, 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 you know. I, uh, I couldn't talk around women. And uh, there was this one girl I just, I, I had a liking for. And uh, then I would get part of the uh, um, in crowd. I see where, you know, they have all the girls. He has a party, has a party over his house, had a refrigerator in his room, my friend Ted. And, uh, well, I figured I didn't do it group. Ted was a bunch of Ted, Jim, Dave, Barrett, um, and I, and, and Brian was another friend of mine. And I was on the baseball team because there was a baseball game that day. And I went to my classes and um, after, I went, went out and tried to you know, get my uniform. And, uh, and I knew the scout was there. But uh, um, this guy was uh, Jeff. His name was Jeff. He was pitcher. And uh, he got he got rocked. He got bombed. Wow. And, uh, so the coach tells me to go warm up. Oh, all right. I thought I thought the uh, I said fourth inning, third fourth inning. The scout's going to leave. He's not going to watch you know these crazy games. So I pitched the rest of the game. I held it. It was like twelve to one when I went in there. He came back. It was twelve ten. Bases loaded. Two outs. A batter was up. I was the next one on deck to hit. And I was a pretty good hitter too, pitching hitter. And uh, uh, and he, uh, well, he struck out with the base load, called third strike. He was one of the coach's brown nosers, you know. Uh-huh. They was like, oh gosh, oh all right. So and I, and I uh, the scout, but then I see the scout over there, and he's talking to Jeff, and Jeff's laughing, just laughing. He we lost, we got killed, and he's laughing. Uh-huh. Like, what the hell is going on here? Excuse me, my language here. What, what's going on here? Uh-huh. And so. 
And so uh, the scout comes over to me and he goes, Mike, uh, yes, 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 sir. I go, thank you for coming to watch us lose. And uh, he goes, I'd like to come and see you pitch a game some. You did a good job, son. He gave me his card and he was gone. Wow. And so I was like, wow. So my friends, you know, the, the my my booze buddies mm-hmm. and the new clan I was with, they said, well, come on, we're going to, you get dressed. You know, it was, it was, uh, after school, it's late and, um, you come right up, we'll, we'll drive up to Vista, New York, go over the line, you get beer at night, and then cause it, you had to be over, it'd be 18 then, but up in New York, they didn't car you at all. Mm-hmm. And I was six, six feet, other friend was at six feet. We went in there and got the beer, they didn't, didn't question us. But anyway, so, and I, and I just got this, uh, being with these buddies, my slip, my schoolwork slipped. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had to catch up so I could graduate that year. And I was going to hand in the paperwork the next day. Wow. Uh, was, the guy's name was Kaplan. And uh, I, I call him the crucifixion of Kaplan's economics. Hmm. And uh, oh, he was a tough guy on me. So I said, okay. So I said, well, I'm not, I'll go with you guys for the ride, but I'm not going to drink. I'll go, I'll, I'll help you get the beer, but I'll, I'm going to come right back. So I'm going to be home. I, I just got this, my paper done and everything. And, my mom and dad are with me now. And I screwed up and they gave me a second chance to get myself back together. So, so they okay. So we drive up there. We buy the booze. We get in the car. And my friend had a Triumph TT6. Two-seater hardtop. It was pumped up for speed. Mm-hmm. He passes, he peels out of the lot. Just Ted and I were in his car. And Dave and the rest of the group were in this mom stage wagon following us. So he's going down the road. I'm looking across the dial between 90 and 100. You know, the old song says, the telephone poles look like a picket fence. That's what it looked like. Wow. And uh, I'm, using, I'm using choice language telling him to slow the car down. He, he does the gears, the gears lock, hits the brakes, the brakes lock. Going to skid, he's going to cross the street. There's a big pile of dirt there and a big black shadow. Well, we hit the pile of dirt. My side, I flipped in the black shadow. In the headlight on the driver's side, the door, we hit the black shadow was a bulldozer. They don't move. Yeah. We did with a plow. And it was pushed in from the headlight to the hinges. I was looking, I put my legs on the dashboard to brace myself. Because on the passenger side, you have nothing to hold on, hold on to. And so, uh, the engine came to the bottom of my seat. The doctor said, if I didn't take my legs and put them on the dashboard, I would have lost them both at the sockets. The engine came to hit the bottom of my seat. Wow. So that's after my, that was after I was in a coma for seven weeks or six weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, it was ironic because that day I had a physical that day. I was 185 pounds, six foot and three quarters, six foot four and three quarters. Your body stretches when you're late, you know, you sleep at night, your body stretches. And I know my, I lost all muscles. I went down to, 66 pounds in six weeks. Wow. Because you're being fed intravenously. My arms now are, I have more muscle than my legs had mm. at that time. Like a stick figure. And I went down to 66 pounds and your body straight. I was 6'6 six, six, and I was 6'6 six, six and 66 pounds. So I, I, I grew I'm a little bigger and all I do when I came out of the coma, all I do is roll my eyeballs and that was it. Wow. My dad would come to the room and you see how I was coherent. 
I say, where's the door? I point my eyes. Where's the window? I point. I couldn't talk. So I had a trach. And I was like, after that, it was like, what I saw in the coma, by being in a coma, there's no sense of time in a coma. Sure. I thought it was the next day when I woke up. Hmm. But it was six weeks later. Huh? Yeah. And I, as I saw, like, it was like changing channels on a TV set. I was playing baseball, playing basketball. I was water skiing. I was went to a dance. My first kiss. Now I was really lost. <laughs> wow. Like, I'm going, come on, what am I doing? I'm saying, God, please get me out of here. I'll be good. I promise. I'll, I'll, I'll change my ways. But uh, it's like, wow. And uh, I hear like uh, people talking. A nurse just dumped her boyfriend. When I was able to talk again, later on, when I get on the coma, I go, how's your ex-boyfriend? He says, how do you know? You just dumped him the other night. Because I thought it was the other night. It's like, you know, oh, no, it was weeks ago. <gasps> you were in the coma. I was still talking with you. So you hear things. Oh, my wow. dad came in the and came in the morning every day and read me the score page. I remember some of the scores verbatim, some of the stories you read verbatim of the Yankees and when this Yankees would lost, Yankees win this, this thing, other. And uh, I remember, like the mind is mind is a very tricky thing. Yeah. You're my I say my body shifted into neutral, but my mind was kept going. So when I came out of the coma, I had to get my my, my mind, my body back, and I mm-hmm. that was like sixty six pounds. Like you, you pull me and put me in an envelope, mail me home. Yeah, it's interesting because at one end you felt like when you woke up, it was just the next day, but then it almost seems like you had a lifetime while you were in the coma. You had all these experiences, like you said, playing basketball, playing baseball. Yeah. When you were, like, let's say if you were experiencing that, did you feel like it was a dream or did you feel like you were in real life, like really just playing baseball and then? I felt I was right, right there. And I'm like, wow, I thought I was right there. It's like, you know, but I, I didn't feel anything. And also, when I was in that coma, what was going on? I was running on a field, big field of green grass. Mm-hmm. It was green because it, it's it, and I was running. Now, there was no sun in front of me, but it was brightly lit all around me. Hmm. So the sun had to be behind me, but there was no shadow on the ground in front of me. Interesting. I couldn't figure it out. I just kept running. I didn't. That's something that, <laughs> why? You know, Did you? Maybe I, I was running, I'm running towards the light or something. I'm running, running, running. For, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for it. And just before I came out of the coma, I saw the light. Like a tunnel of light, or just like a black so the, the light and the, the sun, the sun like rose there. I ran towards it, and then I woke up. Hmm. Like, that was it. The doctor that night, the emergency room doctor, who's supposed to give you your hope and and you know, oh, you'll be all right. I mean, she, he says to my dad, "Be prepared. Your son's not gonna make it." Wow. The emergency room doctor, your yeah. last guy, the last guy you know, <laughs> the last hole. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to make it. No. Yeah. Um, when you were there and you saw these experiences like playing baseball, basketball, were those new experiences or was that like 
past experiences and you're reviewing your life? Or was that like you were just playing a new game, like something new that happened? You know, I was like, I was just, I was, I was in there. I was just like, it was like a flash, like I'm, I'm on the mound, holding a ball, ready to pitch. Or not, didn't really playing the game. She just put me in different areas like mm-hmm. that. I said, you're playing baseball now. No, I'm shooting up. I'm playing basketball now. Making a basket. That's it. It just, I don't know. Maybe it was just showing time that you used to play basketball, make your shots. Mm-hmm. Used to pitch, good pitcher. Used to hit, good hitter. And, you lose all that now, or so I don't know. Mm. You, you, last week, you, you had all you had all this. Maybe saying you had all this. Now what are you going to do? You you can't do it now. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Did you also have any sense of like happiness or unhappiness? Do you recall any of that? Like you were disappointed or. Or, you know, like I said, some people are saying like when they have this near death experience, they're in a light and they're super happy and, you know, everything's no, I just, amazing. No, I, I know. No, no, I'm just, I'm just there, you know. It's all right, you know. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't feel like, wow, there's lights there. Read for the light. No, I'm not. I wasn't not like that. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I was in a common joke. <laughs> not mm-hmm. no light there. Right. And I just, okay. This, you know, it's like, it's just, you know. While you were there, did you realize that you were in a coma or possibly dead? Or, you know, do you have any idea of where you were or who you were at the time? Well, while I was in the coma, I heard a voice and it had to be God. Okay. Because God said, Mike, you have to put yourself back together and get, um, I'll help you. You have to shoot for the sun. Shoot, for, and I, I just everybody now shoot for the sun. He said, Shoot for the sun and everything you do because even if you miss, you land among the stars, and that is a great place to be. I'm at the stars now. I kept shooting for the sun. I come back and I'm, I'm out of it. I, God gave me that, gave me those directions and said, Go for it. He was not, he's my leader. He, he led me to that. He said, Shoot for the sun, everything you do. That was probably was I was running towards that I was running towards the sun, uh-huh. and I got there. I came out of it. I came back in stages. I had to learn from my mistakes. What did I learn? So let me recap that when you were in that field and you're running and they had the light behind you and you had that you didn't have any shadow in front of you. You were and you were running. Is that when you heard the voice tell you that that shoot yeah. for the sun? And then after you heard that, the sun came out and then you ran yeah. for the I sun. Was, I was running and but then it came out after a while. So I, then then it came up. Yeah. Then after then it came up after after a while it came up. There's no sense and just and then I heard it and just and then, and, the, and that phrase just kept going in my in and out over and over my brain shooting for the sun like shoot for the sun, shoot for the sun. Shoot for the sun, go for it, and I'd run. And then I was, I don't know how long it was, but then I, I saw the light and then I woke up. Oh, that's amazing. After yeah. you woke up after the coma, mm. how long did it take you to rehab and put yourself back together? I was, uh, they were giving me a, a long time, but I got better fast. I just started getting, doing stuff. Doing something, things were coming back to me, mm-hmm. and uh, it was. Uh, I was the accident happened. It was. I was at in the hospital about a total of seven and a half months total. 
Mm. You can call it. I was seven and a half months. And they were giving me like two or three years to be there because I was really that bad. But I just got better. Like, um, the very first time, you know, they you first had to get on all four. I was in an all hospital first. And they wanted me to to get the therapist wanted me to get weight on my on my feet when I was able to get my 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 feeling back and everything. Mm-hmm. They put you on a stand up table. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Frankenstein tables, I call it. Yeah. You put it in and they elevate the table in a standing position. And I had no sense of balance either. That must, I was like, I was scared. I was screaming. I was screaming in pain. like standing on your feet. You're not standing on your feet for seven weeks, six, seven weeks. And then you're standing all of a sudden, whoa, hold it. That hurts. Wow. <laughs> my cords, they were tight. All my cords, they had to put plastic slats down my arms to keep so my, when you lose your muscle, you, just all the cords, just like that. The cords in the back of your foot, pull your foot straight. And I had, and uh, so, and, and this one, so I'm right-handed. It snapped that plastic slat there. And, and like that, I was like that for a long time. And like, for a long time, when I first started eating again, when I went to Gillard Hospital, that's the rehab hospital in Wallingford, Connecticut, they make you do stuff on your own so you got to learn how to deal with it, ex- except you have a handicap. Now work with it, and I put like plastic um, um, silverware holders on my hands so I I could eat myself. Mm-hmm. Before I couldn't do that. I was only fed intravenously in the, in the coma. That's why I lost all that weight. Right. I would have said probably took you like what six months to gain a lot of that weight back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because like uh, just everything. I was like, I see the hospital didn't give you vitamins. My mom and dad would put vitamins in my, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'd sneak them in there. Yeah. My mom, my mom and dad, they became special. The, the doctor, the neurologist who saved my life that night, was amazed at how my dad knew so much. He just studied on, on the body and how physical therapy and everything. He wanted to meet my dad, a therapist there at the hospital. He knew so much. But my dad, no, no, no. I'm only helping Mike. Wow. <laughs> So while you were in a coma, did they have to do surgeries on you? Did you have any broken bones or anything, or just the, maybe the the injury of the that happened to your head? Maybe your head, you know, had a massive concussion and your head shook around, and that put you into the coma. Well, when the coffee's over and bang, I hit it back in my central nervous system. I was like balled up like this because I didn't want anything to get torn off. So I just balled myself up, and when the coffee's over and it came down into the bulldozer. I hit the back, my central nervous system in the back of my neck. Mm-hmm. That's where the chronic guys hit you. That knocked me out. Right. That would knock me out. And my, I had a, a brain fracture, and uh, one to ten, the doctors gave it a fifteen. Oh wow! That's how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked like I had no plastic surgery; it all healed. It looks like if you saw my picture after that, it, um, I don't know if there's a picture around anymore, but it looked like I got hit in the face with a hatchet right down. Top of the forehead, mm-hmm. like this, like this, and cut my ear in three pieces. Mm. And they just taped it together that night. And they had it. And to relieve the pressure on the brain, because my brain on my head was swell, if they didn't do that, my brain would come out my ear. They had to drill two burr holes in my skull. Right. It all healed. No plus, no, no plates or anything. It all healed. I'm a good healer. <laughs> I'm very yeah. happy about it. Yeah, you're a strong guy. Did you break your legs or anything? Because you said you no. had your legs on the dash or break your hips. 
know, I, I, uh, I put my feet against the dashboard to race myself and just balled myself. The only bone I broke was the, uh, was my, uh, my collarbone. Hmm. And it's about a half an inch out of place. The doctor said at the time, if you don't have to pitch any baseball games, don't touch it. Hmm. What you went through, I wouldn't touch anything. Mm-hmm. Said, okay, God, I'll, I'll, I'll go here. I'll go here on this one. Uh-huh. What about, what about the driver? What happened to him? Okay. He, uh, he got cuts and scratches. That's it. <laughs> he was out of the hospital about a week, week, two weeks. And, uh, my book, I, my book, um, this, uh, one, this person that's reading it, mm-hmm. she got chapter four. She goes, I heard, heard about that guy, your friend, Ted, Ted, do you see, still see me? You still talk to him? I said, read the book. Cause mm-hmm. in the book tells what happens to him. I go, cause, uh, Ted, my first week I'm home from Gaylord Hospital, and all hospital to Gaylord, to Gaylord Hospital. And three weeks before you discharge from Gaylord, they let you come home on weekends. And you come back for therapy. Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. The first week at home, I saw him that day, that, that Friday, that day I saw him. That night, he died in a house fire. Oh, wow. He went out that night drinking. Mm-hmm. Came home, put a steak in the oven. It was an old house, and it caught fire, went up like a tinderbox. Hmm. Wow. And I got, I still can't explain, you know, maybe the one I got in the accident, I said, I don't know. He, maybe that was there for, to tell me something, but I don't know what happened. Life's a lot of different, a lot of different doors in life. <laughs> yeah, it's very mysterious. Yes. Do you feel like you've gained any abilities from this? Like anything that you weren't able to do before the accident? I have patience. 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 Now, I. uh I don't jump at things anymore. Like uh, I see things happening on. I, I, uh, I see. It. I, I, uh, I give. I, I give it a second chance. Mm-hmm. I, that's it. And I, I give people second chances and stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I look for second chances. Like, you know, don't burn the bridge. Where they cross the bridge. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's this happened a long time ago. After you got out, your you know, able to walk and talk and eat and everything again. Did you go back and finish high school or did they just exempt it from you? And what did no, you do I with was, your uh, life afterwards? I was, I was still, I was being outpatient therapy in Stanford when I got um, discharged from Gaylord Hospital. I had a half a year to finish. Mm-hmm. So they, I, I took a whole year of being tutored at home. Uh, so you finished, you finally were able to go back and finish high school and you went to college and... I went to college. I, went to, I first went to Norwalk Tech, mm-hmm. got my electrical engineering degree. It's a two-year college. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Then I went to, uh, then I was, I got a job as an electrical technician. But then I, I'm, high frequency gave me headaches, probably from related to the accident. Yeah. You know, blowing head. So I, I had to change my major all of a sudden. I, I switched to accounting. Mm-hmm. So I went to a four-year college, and I, I'd take three more years, and then I got my, my bachelor's degree in accounting. Mm-hmm. And that's right now, which I worked for 25 years in uh, the Westport Tax Collector's Office wow. as a tax collector, an accountant. It's an accountant. Doing mm-hmm. the, I'm not the strong guy going around and knocking on the door at night. I do the, uh, the accounting. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm very happy with that. I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I would like to get this uh, – I would like to get this uh, – this book and everything going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to ask. So, when did you start writing the book? 
I first wrote the book. Um, about 20, 25 years ago, I wrote it. I wrote a little book, 39 pages. I self-published it called Why Me, Why Now? All right. And it just, it just, I, the day of the accident, was the, uh, up to Vista and, uh, my recovery and that's it. And, and just, and just, just tell a little story. I want to get it off my chest. Mm-hmm. Get it out there. You know, like the elephant off your back or a monkey off your back. And just tell a story and maybe help people. And people read this and I have my, they had their kids read it and everything. Okay, what? And, uh, and I, and then I, uh, and then I, I wanted to get, um, a screenplay. Mm-hmm. And I put a note in, uh, on Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I'm looking for a screenplay writer and, and, uh, a friend of, a friend of Julia's mm-hmm. contacted me and told me your name and I contacted her and we, we hit it off great. Good friends now. And we did the screenplay. The screenplay is like, wow. Wow. And just like the book. And it's like, it's, it's going to open a lot of people's mind, eyes to, uh, the suffering and the, the problems that go on. I hope it just would help people and just, you know, they say, hold on, I'm not going to go down the road. I mean, I see this happening to me. Don't be, uh, don't be on defense all the time. Just see, hold it. Mike, Mike's story was something like that. Well, let me see. Uh, uh, I want to try to show people that, you know, it can happen to anybody. As I thought, I crossed all my T's, dotted all my I's. Hey, nothing's going to happen to me, but, yeah, but happened. Yeah. Have you guys started um, going into production with this screenplay or is that still a work in progress? I would say it's a, it's a, it's a work. Oh, we've got it done. Now we just have to, we want the book to, to, to take off first and, and you know, get the screenplay and, and, and we're off. I feel the way it's all been going, everything's been falling as it, as it's ready. Mm-hmm. Now the, the book, you know, with you, it's, talking with you on this, mm-hmm. it was, it's at that time. It's ready for that now. Now, yeah, it makes sense that maybe you'll get a, you'll generate a lot of interest first with your book. Yes, that's it. I, I don't want to be I don't want to snowball it mm-hmm. and, and they and they get lost in the, they get lost in the snow somewhere. No, yeah. I want them to just hold it. And see, ah, yeah, okay, that, that's the book. You know, I got to see this. I want to see what it is in life now. Yeah, Where, uh, yeah, it a, makes a lot of sense. I had an author once that a uh, guest that he had written like 20 something books and he told me writing books is easy, but marketing the books is much harder than actually writing the book. Have you found yeah, that yeah. to be true? Yes. Yes. Have you been yes. going on a lot of podcast interviews? I just, I just started, just started, just started. And then uh, on YouTube and, and it's just, it's like, I've been, Pulling for this for forty years, yeah. it's not all coming together now. Just what is it? Thank you. It's like it's all coming together. It's like um, it's time now. Mm-hmm. It's the time for the big one. Yeah. Have you found, or did you find that when you were writing the book with the screenplay, that you were remembering other things that happened during your coma that you had forgotten? Yes. Like a lot of times, Julie, Julie would even say. Wow! I said, "Hold it! I remember someone else here now." And I just, I would just start, and she just writing it all down. So I'm, I'm talking. It's like, 
like I, I'd hear, remember one part of it and I said, yes, in this part, yes, in this part, yes, in the coma. And, and like, and I went, went on. Because I mean, I got a, like, the knock on the head. Mm-hmm. I'm happy I'm here because I got my degrees and everything. Now I was able to get everything going. But it, you lose, I lost something. I must have lost something. Yeah. Which is, uh, a very small percent, which I, I cannot carry on. It's a good conversation now. Right. Can you give me an example of something that you had, you know, that you'd forgotten that you remembered when you started writing the book with Julia? Let me see. Uh, when I was in the, in the car with, with Ted, in the accident, I remember balling up and I just remember I put my, I, you could, you needed a crowbar to get my, to open my mouth. So I didn't want to, I was so scared to get anything torn off. It was like in a split second, I just, like that, and called up, and I felt my felt like my face explode, and I find out that's when the mirror hit me down there and looked like I hit in the face with an with a with a hatchet. Mm-hmm. So top of the forehead, right around, just coming here in three pieces like that. Mm-hmm. I did it wasn't that brought me all back. Mm-hmm. There are things that I guess maybe your body or your mind don't want you to. To dawn on, I want you to get better. Is that if you dawn on that, the the, bat, the, the uh, disappointments and the losses will never come back. Yeah, I took up what I had left, put it into a small, and I put it into a, a basket. I tried to, I built myself, my body, everything back. So I, I went down. And I had to build everything back. I was like sixty-six pounds, and I had to build everything back. I lost all my muscles. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I just think about it in my baseball career. Yeah, bouncing and I'm like, and I, so I, I I wrote songs. Mm-hmm. I I wrote a song, the big one, and that's yeah. on that's on my on my um, website, uh, shootforthesun.com. Okay, it's got the I've written a play. I co-wrote a play. Um, I don't see my shadow, and the guy who played the guy who plays me as a as a teenager. My daughter's called my mini me because it looks just like me. <laughs> oh. yeah. I said, oh, well, okay. But uh, it's got the three songs. It's got, uh, it's got um, a little, a little videos on there relating to the accident and relating to my recovery. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, Tom and Julie helped me with that. They were big help. Big. I'm just happy. Like everything is right. Like, it's, it was time for me to, Get going, so you get meet the right people, the experts, because I couldn't have thought I'd do that. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So got got a straight machine. This is where you go now, and it was right in their direction, and it just it it, it keeps coming up up to this. And like, it's great. I'm just, uh, I'm really happy. <laughs> is the book already out for sale? And if so, where do we find it? Like, is it on Amazon or it's on Amazon? Mm-hmm. It's on Barnes and Noble. Okay. It's also on my website. Why me? No, no. Shootforthesun.com. Shootforthesun.com. All right. Do you have a Facebook page that people can find out more about it as well? Yes, yes. Is that yes. also Shoot for the Sun? Shoot for the Sun, yes. And you, I believe you said you had a YouTube channel. Is that correct? I don't have a channel, but I was on, I'm on YouTube. Okay. I'm on YouTube. I was, I was interviewed before by, uh, Patricia Barker. 
Yeah, Patricia Parker. And that's on YouTube mm-hmm. now. And uh, that was very good. It was, I, she's a very nice person. Are you considering creating a YouTube channel? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's a good idea. I recommend that. I want to help people because what I went through, what I was, what I had, 98, over 98% of the people who had what I had, their next step is the graveyard. Yeah. They make it the graveyard. Right. There's nothing else. Over right. 98 people. On one point, minuscule percent mm-hmm. uh, who were a survivor. Right. And it's, I was a survivor. So I was, I was here for a purpose. I want a purpose. My purpose is to help people out. Yeah, I think it's great. After your experience, do you fear death now or you do or you don't? It's just, it's a, as I say, it's a part of life. Yeah. If it's my time to go, God will take me. God didn't want me yet. No, yeah. no, no, Mike, you got something else to do here. Right. Maybe just to, I thought maybe it was just to write that book or just to get going, but he's, he wants to do more now. He yeah. wants to get a story out there and show people there's a lot of crap going on in the world right now. Have a positive effect on people, showing that positive things happen. Do you have any message for the people? Like, is there something that you, besides helping people, do you have a message that you want to get out to the people? Yes, this is what I live by. I tell you, might, I tell everybody this, and they look. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, shoot for the sun, and whatever you do, because even if you miss. You land among the stars, and that is a great place to be. Yeah, I mean that's a, I mean that's I love that. I really love that. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I think it's great. I mean that's something like you kind of want to write and put up on your wall, just to always remember that. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't embedded it <laughs> in my mind. I was like, I'll never forget that. It's just, it's just yeah, it's like shoot for the sun. Like maybe you don't get there. Start. You should, it's great. But you're, you're you're going for it. You're not you're not a quitter, right? You, you got to go for it. Any any way you do it, you know. Any way, any anything you do. Mm-hmm. One of the things I did that messed me up really bad in my life, mm-hmm. that started me going bad in my grades in school, mm-hmm. and that's, I had to work for like get that that paperwork done. Mm-hmm. I was working on. I was walking in people's shadows, trying to be part of the crowd. Yeah, I got lost in those shadows, right? And almost, and almost lost my life. I'll tell people that also shoot for the sun and don't walk in people's shadows. Yeah, walk in your own light. Yeah, shine your light on other people who are in shadows. Shine it. Yeah, hey, you want to take it? Come on, I'm going to shine. Yeah, I really like that a lot. As you said that, I was thinking that, and then you said exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> We're having telepathy here. Oh, really? <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, it has been a pleasure speaking to you today. You are a really awesome guy. I enjoyed our conversation. I wish you massive success, not only with the book, but with the screenplay. I hope it turns into a big time movie. Maybe Thank you me. can get Brad Pitt to play you. Mm. <laughs> you never know. Never and- know. And um, yeah, I really wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And um, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Thank you. And have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Bye bye.